get a credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit penfed.org slash goldcard. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This week, we've got ultimate team of the season and a man who's played FIFA 20. Yes, I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear about all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. Hello and welcome to week 40 of the Foot Weekly podcast. It is ultimate team of the season and we do have a man who likes content. Wise FIFA. Wise, how are we doing? Doing well today. Of course, excited for that ultimate team of the season, SBC. Yeah, which will have dropped by the time people are listening to this, but hasn't quite dropped yet. Um, And the other thing uh, that is going to be a particular feature of this week's podcast is we have Luke Zim from Foothead, who is uh, the database guru, but also has played FIFA 20 at EA Play. So nice to have you. Always a pleasure to be on with you guys. And we'll be discussing your thoughts on that early build of FIFA 20 at EA Play in the second half. But first of all, let's get into ultimate team of the season and team of the season in general, I guess. Wise, what have been your thoughts so far on this? I felt that the players that were released, I've liked a lot of them. I've liked a lot about this promotion. I do believe I have a couple gripes with some of the SBCs. I wish they pertained a little bit more to kind of some higher tier players, something to get a little bit more excited about. I think the upgrade packs, they had that fiasco at the beginning, but I think towards the end, people realized that they were actually pretty worth it. That leads to that whole argument where maybe the SBC, their squad builder challenge, chemistry requirements could have been a little bit lower to keep the prices down of some of these players on the market. But as a whole, I liked the promo that I think a little bit more than I've seen people rate it on Twitter and social media, but definitely could be improved for next year. I thought weekly objectives were great as well just wanted to throw that out there what were your guys' thoughts though yeah i you know i think some of the the sbc players i i guess that greedily as a as a database content enthusiast i don't know what you want to call it uh, i wish there'd actually been more card types because i feel like some of these flashback sbc's tots if there'd been their own content type with its own special design it would have made them feel a little bit fuller if that makes sense it's real superficial and you know i don't think this necessarily like a game changer or would have like saved team of the season or anything like that and some of these tots moments uh you know obviously moments deservedly has a negative connotation in this fifa i think it's been the low of uh, of an otherwise pretty positive from beginning to end content period i think this has probably been the deepest in terms of content fifa that we've ever seen and that's a good thing even if some of the things like gameplay leave a lot to be desired uh but like tots moments is inconsistent with even you know ucl europa league moments none of them have the same prerequisites and some of the things too it just seems like they preemptively chose these guys and then found a moment rather than the other way around like you know you have people cracking on him and stuff uh you have guys that had like two assist game against the 17th place team and that gets a tots moment it's like Mm. what are we really doing here but i I think some maybe some different uh some card types maybe a little bit more um granularity probably isn't the right word but some different prerequisites for how these were chosen uh would have been a little bit stronger it's interesting something i've been thinking about a lot is that in years past we we would have you know i think we really relished 
having the predictability of it, whether that be for traders, whether that be for people that just like log on right at 6 p.m. UK to do whatever the latest content is, be it do SBCs, open packs, both, whatever. Now, I've actually seen plenty of complaints on the Futhead timeline that the predictability and the schedule is a negative. Like there wasn't enough surprises. Yeah, because the schedule's been random. It's been like the same stuff, but at different times. Yeah, so I just... I, I, it's interesting. I don't. I think it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Where if they had done it more unpredictably, people would have complained that they couldn't be prepared for, or they didn't have time to get liquid or whatever. Uh, whereas if you do it the same way every week, or like mostly the same way, like you said, sort of within a spectrum, people still complain. People are going to complain no matter what. Um, some of the squad selections were a little, you know, random. I think we saw a lot of negativity about ultimate tots, which I both can get, and I think also like why did you expect anything different than what we got in a sense? Like they were never going to have like all the highest rated players and give the pros 10 or 11 of them in a pack for guys that make top 100 as much as they'd love that. Um, I also think it's a little rich that some people are really acting, you know, scorn or treated unfairly when i think by and large for that caliber of player tots has been super lucrative and super rewarding the all season that wasn't the case i think those guys were left in the lurch especially relative to last year more so than any time i can remember and i think most weekend rewards were flat out you know borderline unfair uh, i i do feel like mm. tots for the high-end guys has been kind of a makeup period for that but People are going to complain if they're going to complain. I think on a personal level, I've liked a lot of the cards that have come out. Some of the flashbacks, some of the Tots moments have been sick. Some of them have been not necessarily for me. I think if, you know, I'd probably grading it a little bit on a curve would give it like a CC plus, uh, even if the sentiment on Twitter is just give it a F or a 4 out of 10 or 3 out of 10 just to kind of act negative about stuff that probably has nothing really to do with the promotion as a whole. Um, far from the worst promotion we've seen. Uh, what I present to you is uh, there's a list that, um, actually, one of our patrons also ran sent, I think partly to you, Luke, we are having a discussion with him in the Discord uh, of the things that people are generally disappointed about. And the first one was that there's less guaranteed team of the season SBCs. There were, there's only one guaranteed big league team of the season, um, whereas you had two each week and the ratings higher. And the other thing is that the disparity in rewards between elite and gold, which which we covered last two weeks, so probably won't go into that. And I think we can agree that that's not great. But also the apparent lower drop rates for top players, which I think has been borne out in stats by some people who've opened a lot of packs. And then the fact that prices have been really high compared to FIFA 18. But there's also the fact that there's maybe weaker repeatable SBCs for the trader and YouTube community. Um, well, we talked about the latter, ever- I think, and that one was interesting that are they really yeah. weaker? Like I know Chew Boy, who opens as many packs as anybody, his stats have borne out that this year's are actually more lucrative. And I'm somebody that every year I pretty much liquidate my club or at least liquidate like the second owner players that I have and just put them all into these SBCs. I've gotten as many, if not more, blues than ever before. Um, I think there are explanations for each of the bullet points that you had, and I'll let you finish and then we can jump into those. But uh, some of them are better explanations than others. Um, but it's interesting, though, that some of these pain points are just like, I don't want to say that they're like strictly perception, obviously, because if we all agree this, you know, doesn't feel right or this doesn't feel like it should, that's a net problem, whether it's a perception thing or not. Um, it is interesting that the, yeah. psych- the psychology that leads us to feel like we are being shorted when maybe we aren't being as shorted as much as we think. I think that's kind of a, a fascinating dichotomy. Prices remaining high is an interesting one. I think why you can probably um, explain why prices are higher. A, there's the reward situation, but B, obviously we didn't have the World Cup mode this year, which took a huge amount of coins out of the game, right? Yeah, that's insane. If you 
yeah, if if you take a snapshot of what prices did early Ju- late May, early June last year to what they did this year, it's completely opposite directions. I mean, people sold all of their players into that World Cup hype. Players dropped by hundreds of, like the top tier players dropped by hundreds of thousands. Even like the team of the seasons, icons, no one was safe. And this year it's the complete opposite. You know, after the rewards, a lot of those high tier team of the seasons, a lot of the influx of cash packs, you know, those tradable team of the seasons between that elite that Luke mentioned a little earlier, that has just caused... So many coins to get put on the market, and this year as a whole, people are richer. And we've—I know—I've mentioned that a bunch of times in the previous podcasts. Mm. And so, when you don't have another outlet, and we didn't necessarily have, you know, maybe a team of the season repeatable guaranteed SBC like we did, what was that, like two thousand seventeen or something? Not saying that that was ever going to come back, but still, when we don't have an outlet for stuff like that. The market's going to stay high. Especially when people are like, man, those elite rewards are awesome. Maybe if I, you know, buy some of the high caliber player icons, team of seasons, I can push myself into that category. That demand mm. makes that stuff go up. It outstrips the supply, if you will, causing that shift and the price increase. So there were a lot of interesting little economics things without any external factors that EA usually do incorporate into the market, such as CoinSync SBCs or another mode or another place to put these coins or draw the player base away. And so I think that that's why it's been really interesting this year. It's a lot of cool economic principles that I hope our boy Jamie next year can take into consideration. At a, I know. think that's been one of the more difficult uh, aspects to you know sort of coalesce. And I think one of the guys in the Discord um, for the Vote Weekly Patreons made a great point about this. That's where, like, imagine if you got a big raise at work, right? You go to work and you're making 45,000 pounds a year. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, congratulations, you're not making 65,000. You're going to feel really good about that. But then you go grocery shopping and the prices are three or four times as much as they were the weekend before when you made 45. You're going to feel scorn even if those those factors are like, that's not your fault that <laughs> the grocery store raised their prices. But I don't think that, that's maybe not the best analogy because I don't think that EA isn't the ones doing the grocery store raising prices. This is like, things cost more because the economy had like a crazy spike. And that's really what the situation is. There are more free coins in the game than ever before. A guy that I'm friends with on uh, on Twitter from kind of America Sports Media, uh, he this is his first FUT. He started playing two months ago, has not spent a lot of money, if any, on the game. And I'm looking at his team right now. He's got Tots Moments, Casemiro, Fakir. He's got uh, Untradeable Tots, Yashua Kimmich. He's got Alex Tellis, Allison. Uh, he got he just got in his mid tier icon pack Laurent Blanc eighty nine overall like he's got a one ninety one squad and he's been playing for two months his entire bench is blue and red just from playing the mm-hmm. game so think about that that's yeah, two that's months nice. versus guys that have been playing it since September I, I think there are more free coins in this than any previous FIFA before and that has led to some of the price disparities because we have these you know Goretzkas that are great value even though they are pricey or a you know a, Dep- a Depay that I think is pretty fairly priced for what it is. But to yeah. do two or three different types of markets of players, you might have one market that say, this is outrageous. This is exploitative. EA is being greedy once again. And then you're going to have this whale class that are like, man, Depay's cheap. I'm getting him in my club as a sub, you know? So <laughs> right. it's yeah. it's different views. And it, it's just, it's so hard to tell like what's the actual reality. Like it's somewhere in between. It just really muddied everything up. And it's a crazy like mass psychological experiment to see how people respond and react <laughs> to this. Because EA is the only one 
one that knows. They have the completion rates. And I think people's willingness to do these, that's the real tell on if, you know, if things are appropriately priced, they'll get high buy-in, right? Or that might even mean it's too cheap. Hmm. But if not enough people are doing the SBCs relative to their projections, then that means they probably screwed up or they're too expensive. So it's we don't without those numbers, it's so hard to say definitively. And we were mentioning there about price increases and things. I'm going to hazard a guess that we're going to need to see some kind of market leveling. I don't know. EA don't tend to want the market to be massively inflated for a long period. And one of my big things at the moment is informs are unbelievably expensive. Oh, um, Luke, you can very briefly explain how you benefited from this, I think. <laughs> you know, um, as, a, as someone who works in the FIFA space, I spend money on it. I don't spend uh, Castro, Bateson. You know, I'm not doing uh, 10,000 FIFA point refills every single weekend. But I, I would say I probably do like three to five FIFA point reloads a month um, on average. And so I've got obviously a very, very strong, expensive squad that's benefited. And I still do a little bit of trading, but I'm also kind of a hoarder collector. And I like having cards that are first owner or like my whole club is all second owner, no games played if they're not first owner. Uh, and somehow over the course since September, I just built up this absurd war chest of tradable informs. And I realized this, uh, you know, about... Three or four days ago, heading into Weekend League, I was like, man, I wonder how much coins are just in my informs. And I think on a normal weekend, say a month ago, there probably would have been, you know, somewhere in the low millions. But just because of this, uh, I think all everyone's just doing all these icon SBCs because they realize it's basically in their minds the end of the game, even if I think EA would like it to go on a little bit longer. So I think what we have from that is these, S- these SBCs have driven the price of informs way through the roof. And so I realized I had 10 pages of tradable informs uh, and I listed every single one of them. And uh, I've made a couple million coins and was able to kind of put together one last super team go at it at this weekend league. It didn't really help me that much. I would say uh, my team was probably worth an extra two to three wins versus what I get usually, which is not nothing. Certainly Uh, if I was a better player, that could be the difference between gold one and elite three or elite three and elite two. Uh, Alas, like it didn't quite help me get over the the hump. I finished at gold one, which is my best finish prior anyway, but I got close and I think uh, having, you know, Having that be in that situation, it can be beneficial. If, I think there are some traders out there that sat on kind of a transfer list full of informs from a month ago. They might be well sitting with some team of the season, you know, Ronaldo's or Messi's as well. So, and, and the big thing is, wise right, that the supply of informs is just really poor because the ratings in this week's team of the week are really quite low. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, and I want to pick up on something that I think when we touched on those team of the season moments, it's insane how expensive team of the weeks are. Uh, mm-hmm. And I meant to say team of the season moments there, but it, like it, it, you should never have to pay 50 K for an 84 inform. And that's what you have to pay. I mean, and I'm not, I mean like, yes, I, I'm complaining about it. Did I make a butt ton of money on it? Of course, but still like, it's one of those things where you can be able to point out some flaws in the game. I think they were on to something. They were on to something. If you guys noticed, I think it's with the Depay. You can do team of the week or team of the seasons, if I'm not mistaken. It's um, Mares, yeah. Mares, my bad, Mares. They should, and if if EA wanted to look at the market, you see team of the seasons that are going for less than their rare gold counterparts. Players like everybody from this rest of the world that got dropped, Van Aken, the League de striker, the League de goalkeeper. Those guys were all cheaper then 87 rare golds 80 you know whatever 88 rare golds and so they should if they if ea really just would help the market out by making it team of the seasons or team of the weeks i think we would see 
you know, a slight decrease and bring the team of the week players, those informs back to like a regular price. And then the team of the seasons, they would bump up a little bit, help EA with the pack sales and stuff like that. So it was it was just a lack of foresight on EA because when you take a look at a lot of these players like Goretzka, Owar, there's what, six to seven team of the weeks you need to drop in some of these SBCs. And with that, it's just the demand, like we touched on, the demand to do these SBCs has just completely taken the market, or just taken all the informs off the market, basically. And then that scarcity principle comes in and the prices go up. And I, I, I wish EA would revert back to that team of the season. They didn't do it with the Fakir, and so I'm a little worried about it going forward, but... The team of the season for team of the week replacement would have solved a lot of issues. Yeah, I think, I, I think that they, they then you eventually run into the same problem as before because there won't be the supply of team of the season players um, in well, the, the in the coming months, and the team of the week ratings will still stay low, right? So, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just guessing here completely, but it's possible we'll see some way of supplying higher rated team of the weeks onto the market. Maybe some team of the week SPCs or something like that. I could totally see that. Yeah, best of team of the week packs again or something. Yeah, best of Team of the Week packs. Didn't they re-release Team of the Weeks back into packs last year? From yeah, like they released years? like a mass a best of. I don't know, Luke. What was that? Because a few people might be wondering what best of packs. Yeah, I mean, were. we've already seen it. I think once or twice this FIFA as well, yeah, where they have uh, sort of they put guys you know previous high rated informs back into packs. Uh, especially, I think once Team of the Season is over, that's something to be on the look for. I obviously don't have any inside information on future content or anything like that. Uh, we find mm. out, you know, roughly when you guys do, maybe a little bit before just to get the database ready. But yeah, we've already, I think, seen at least one or two squads this year where they've done that, where during lulls where there weren't promos, they had, you know, Team of the Season, Hazard, a high-rated Team of the Season, Ronaldo, and stuff like that back in the packs. But also just some, like, mid to high 80 guys were also beneficiaries um and then some low 90s especially now with the ratings creep that we've seen i think we could see that uh maybe we'll even see some you know this is really spitballing because again i don't know anything that you guys don't but maybe we'll see some content re-releases where we'll have like past programs back into packs that they can use for sbcs as well kind of some more currency as it were to supply to these sbcs i don't have it you know i don't know where the decision making on making that mares have the requirements came from but i'm going to go ahead and give those points to our boy jamie since he's in his what second or third week now <laughs> let's pretend that that was his doing so come on jamie keep get these uh get these tots requirements back into the sbcs we're all counting on you and if he fails then we'll definitely have to you know give him give him flack unfairly in future podcasts right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yes. and, and in terms of um the last point which we haven't discussed the fact that people were frustrated about not getting two team of the season player sbcs each week for the for the big leagues and also i think for the for the small leagues as well there were two for me personally they've kind of compensated for that with the fact that player picks are so much better than last year and the rewards from foot champs are way better but uh, that's i can see that i know a lot of people won't agree just because they feel like i had two apples now i only have one apple and it's the same way when you see people that you know i i just saw on twitter as we record this podcast some guy that's like do you think this is what the ultimate guaranteed is going to cost it was like two two team of the seasons 83 overall well no like this year's economy is much 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 deeper it's going to be expensive as hell uh, i think yeah. that's probably i'm guessing ea's thinking with you know i would love to have two guaranteed to have like who wouldn't want to have two lottery tickets instead of one right but uh, i'm guessing they're thinking was like if they did that then it like the market would just be even wackier like think about how expensive they'd be with if we knew two were coming instead of one like one is already mm. kind of superficially governing the price having two is going to make those requirements like 
twice as coveted. So I'm guessing that is the cause. There's just so many extra coins and untradeable players out there, and they have data on all that stuff. Like we might not always agree with all their decisions. We might they might make some mistakes in pricing mm. here and there uh, that we don't understand. But it is all data informed. Whether that is always you know the to our benefit or not. So. The idea that like, oh, this guy who is on Twitter, who I know is on the live content team is just throwing darts. Like that's not fair or accurate. You guys obviously didn't hear from Jamie, but I heard that he had to throw a dart. <laughs> yeah. Um, in his interview or something. Yeah. The, uh, if you hated the Tots Ben Arfa, it was personally every single rating, including the stamina that was designed by Jamie, the photoconomist. So. <laughs> yeah, actually we haven't, we, we didn't mention that last week. Although I don't think he was quite out maybe, but uh, no, maybe he was. But yeah, team of the season Ben Arfa came out and much to my chagrin, um, he was rated uh, he, well it wasn't his rating it was just his stamina was terrible but yeah. as we know and this is something to point out you know there is an algorithmic calculation done to produce players in game stats it's basically how stat the problem works. isn't Ben Arfa's tots moment uh, stamina the problem is his base item stamina so the, I think we all want granular statistical upgrades so when they do you know, it's going to take a massive database rearchitecture, and I think everyone should hold their breath that that's not going to be something that we see until the next next gen of consoles, which should be coming for FIFA 2021. But mm. uh, we know, you know, Ben and I have both talked to the, the to the content team, and they're they recognize that as a need, and they're trying to do what they can. It's just you know limited yeah, bandwidth. You can imagine the hype hype around it, right? If if they were increasing a player's long shots because they scored a long shot a lot, and everyone would be like, oh wow, this is sick. He scored a great long shot. He's going to get a massive long shot boost. All that kind of stuff. I think would be quite fun they could have the dynamic image like him taking the free kick or whatever you know you correct me if i'm wrong back in like the beginning days like fifa 10 to fifa 14 before the next gen were, were they able to weren't they able to like hand pick the informed yeah, stat upgrades that they I, gave? I believe so 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 actually if you listen to our plug for another podcast um our 10 years of foot anniversary special which we did with two boy um he actually talks about the fact that they had to um in order to make the model growable and to i guess maximize output when they had less employees what he was implying is they made it algorithmic so that it made it easier for them to put out players because otherwise they would have been quite limited in terms of the number of players they could produce having to do it all individually yeah i think that was also related to the different to adding more content types you got to keep in mind those those games had non-informs informs team of the season team of the year like maybe man of the match right so like i remember when they added heroes and like fifa 15 it was like whoa a purple card like what is this (laughs) so i think some of that was just scalability and the database cruft just like the history of transactions the history of player ratings that they have to keep for this game is staggering so they're going to need like a massive re-architecture like we're talking dozens of people working on a, a crazy project and it if, if you're complaining about gameplay like look i know it's a it's a massive billion dollar franchise but there's still like you know 200 300 employees however much it takes to make a fifa like there are costs to going to 350 400 uh like if you want gameplay improved if you want you know there are always opportunity costs career mode pro clubs whatever like Sometimes you just have to make difficult decisions, uh, just in terms of like the limited resources. That and the you thing have. is, like the game is still growing consistently, or it should be, and I think it's grown quicker than expected. And employing people is not an easy process, as Jamie will tell you. 
especially if they come from beyond Canada. Um, of course, anecdotally, it does seem like that they've ramped up or are ramping up for 20, yeah. which is positive. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know for sure. We, it seems like they are doing more hiring. Yeah, it's yeah. great to see people from the community getting employed, but there's you have to keep in mind that probably means there's plenty of people they're hiring that are from outside, you know, or guys that are like part for of the sure. FIFA community, but maybe not like figureheads like those two. So I, I think there are some steps heading in the right direction. Not going to be an overnight fix. And if you're expecting, you know, Jamie to introduce a radical new uh copa america mode for the rest of the summer uh (laughs) you're barking up the wrong tree yeah very true he's only working on a specific part of content not even content in general so actually i just wanted to go back to talking about how upgrades work because i guess a lot of people will probably be listening saying oh you've mentioned this algorithmic upgrade how does it actually work i didn't think it worked like that so what from what i understand luke it's that if you look at the cards original day one card and its base face stats when a card gets a special item individual in-game stats are algorithmically increased depending on the increase in face card stat yeah i don't think you're too far off base basically like the face item stats correspond in formula to the base items categorical stat and then that difference is kind of calculated into the in-game stats right so um it's Mm. kind of like a rate of change that is then sort of retroactively applied to the numbers that apply so it's like with base items their face stats are a formula which is still like god i one of my biggest pet peeves is you know hey if you're listening out there and you're in secondary school or whatever like do well in math stay you know stay focused because there are guys out there that message foothead every day well if i add up acceleration plus sprint speed how come it doesn't because sometimes things are like algorithmic even there like it's not always one plus one divided by two equals speed right the stats there don't work like that either but face stats are formulaic based on the end game stats that's not the case with special items though they're they're kind of the opposite way like the base stats manipulate the end game stats on informs team of the seasons team of the years etc mm, so you, you go about that in mind basically which is why when you were looking at those weird position swapped birthday cards you had like ibra at center back and lukaku at center back they had very strange uh, defensive stats because of the way that the algorithmic boost yeah works. and sometimes like um, for midfielders and yeah. stuff it can work out or even defenders sometimes it can be okay mm. uh one of my most embarrassing defeats of the year was to a guy who was playing Lukaku at center. Oh yeah, I know they're they're out there, and sometimes people can make them work on a limited scale. I think those those flaws when you have like a foot birthday Ebra or whatever are more exposed over the longer period of time. Mm. And I remember like one of the absolute craziest things I've seen in the Foothead mentions, which is very often animated and colorful and interesting, was this guy that was like. I'm sorry, but foot birthday Ebra is better than flashback Ebra. These are facts. Everyone knows this, and it's like. <laughs> the stats are literally worse like it doesn't make any sense like you were dialing into some like crazy pants bronze benching conspiracy theory nonsense that is like not actually rooted in reality but uh yeah i think uh it, it does right now for those kind of cards it makes them less enticing whereas like if we had a more robust system which hopefully we can see in a 2021 or 2022 they do a re-architecture of the database um they're able to do those upgrades because right now if they they could do them but what it would take 
is a patch every single time those items are released. And each patch takes <laughs> two to three weeks of review from Sony and from Microsoft. They could obviously push them out on a PC willy-nilly because they are the you know platform there. Origin is EA's platform. Mm. So the approval process is like, hey, is this patch good? Yep, okay, ship it. But Microsoft and Sony, uh, Sony do detailed reviews of these. And if there's a problem, they kick it back. And that adds another you know three to five days of testing, QA, changes to the code etc and if there's another delay or another mistake whatever it just adds on so we'd be getting like releases once a month instead of once a week and i think since we can all agree that content is probably the best part of this fifa that would just not really move the needle so yeah no totally i think it would be unrealistic to do that and we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent but people are always asking about this kind of stuff and and how it works so um, hopefully we've covered that for people but actually talking of what we're covering i think next week hoping to do a special podcast which is going to be on connection and how to make the most of that and last weekend i had some perfect examples of how different connection can cause you to win or lose a game and if you can do things to improve your connection experience that can really make a difference and uh, we're planning to get tom on who was on for that 10 years of fifa podcast and he's a bit of an expert in this area He's obviously your, your predecessor, Luke, and you know a bit about this as well, so we might be able to get you in. Yeah, we'll see what, what happens. I love Tom, and Tom uh, is definitely, his day job is focused all in that regard, and he knows his stuff. He knows a lot more about it than I do. I, I worked for a couple years for Apple and spent about six months working on like home networks and stuff like that, so I know a little bit, but he's a, he's a pro's pro. I think there's a lot of misinformation and misconceptions out there. Yeah, definitely. It'll be great to get into that. And talking of getting into stuff, we're going to get into FIFA 20 after the break. So we'll see you in just a second. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. So I thought I'd take this break to tell you about something I'm particularly excited about, which we've not done before, the Foot Weekly Summer Showdown. We've got three competitions for supporters of the podcast to take part in. Coming up soon, we'll have Pro Clubs Champions. If you haven't played Pro Clubs, it really is a fantastic mode and it's a great opportunity to start with like-minded FIFA players. There's also the Foot Weekly Shield, which is going to be a full-on, no squad restrictions, World Cup style tournament. But first, we've got the Foot Weekly Cup, which I think is going to be particularly fascinating. It's the same format, so sort of World Cup style, but the difference here is it's kind of anti-God squad. It's designed to put your squad building and gameplay ability to the test, really one for the purists. In this setup, you're not allowed players above 83 rated and no special items of any kind. And also, chaining the Lacroqueta and El Tornado Crossing is going to be banned. And if the bragging rights aren't enough, there'll be proper big prizes, which may or may not include FIFA 20. If you'd like to become a supporter and get involved, then all you've got to do is sign up for a few dollars before the 1st of July to get involved with that tournament. To do that, just search Foot Weekly Patron for more info. If you're already a patron, thank you very much. You really are making this podcast possible right let's get back into the second half welcome back after the break luke how did you enjoy that foot weekly break oh it was magical as always mm, amazing why is what about you really refreshing really refreshing Great. folded some clothes wait you weren't wearing clothes what 
Oh, no, no, I was. I folded <laughs> them, like laundry. Like I was doing oh. some laundry. <laughs> I thought you said I wasn't wearing No, clothes. let the record like, show, well, I, I mean, only podcast in the nude. It's just much more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the great thing about podcasting. Nobody knows. Let's get into the second half because we're going to talk about um, FIFA 20. We had quite a lot of discussions about FIFA 20 on the Patreon podcast. Interesting chat around that. And the week before, Foot Economist maybe dropped some hints that he may have played the game, but um, that's unconfirmed. But Luke, you definitely have played the game. Um, you're at EA Play, so we're going to grill you about FIFA 20. And why don't we have your um, obligatory get-out clause of it's quite early days, which of course it is. Yeah, I was talking to you in the kind of planning for the podcast. You know, I, I think there are some good takeaways to hear on the high level, and I think that there are probably some common... Uh, expected fixed stuff that you're going to see in FIFA 20 that you see people talking about that were there as game changers mm. or influencers. But I think a really important thing, whether you see someone say it was incredible or if you see someone say it is trash that is making them lose hope in the franchise and they just have no good feelings about the game and just think it's as bad as ever and FIFA 20 will be more the same from 18 and 19, you should take all that with a massive, massive grain of salt. Um, this is, I think, my... Second EA Play and really my third year in this space as like a full-time FIFA person and full-time FIFA content creator. Uh, and I can tell you firsthand that w I just have never seen a FIFA at this stage even... I don't want to say remotely. There's obviously going to be some DNA of the game and when it launches. There's just, it's so dramatically different. Like this is like an alpha version or pre-alpha even. I think that's what the mm. the producer from Volta, which we didn't get any hands-on time with. We just got to see some presentations uh, as game changers um, that weirdly like wasn't even in person. It was like the same thing that they broadcast to folks that are part of the network that couldn't make the event from around the world. So like other than that stuff, they, that producer was very clear that it was pre-alpha gameplay. And I think the same can be said of the kickoff mode that I played. So did I love it? Did I hate it? I'll tell you, but it doesn't really matter because what we see, what we see in, at the end of September, um, even when some of you guys are chosen for the closed beta in August, assuming they do one as they've done for the last however many years, five, six, seven years, that gameplay is going to be a month old by the time it hits your hand in August. And the gameplay... Not to mention that the gameplay, once you play people exactly at your level in whatever mode they decide to introduce, is going to make the game feel kind of different to whatever anyone plays before that and i think that is quite important people always forget a that. million percent and if you go to gamescom in cologne in august that's when they tend to do the the fut reveal but they still just have kickoff there that gameplay will be different from what the same people that played it in la or if you're lucky enough to be a pro or an influencer that has gone to any private nda you know non-disclosed events behind closed doors and played it they're it's going to be different every single time last year uh i went to the fewc the fifa e-world cup and I played a version of FIFA 19. Then I played two or three weeks later, a different version. And then I went to Capture in Berlin two or three weeks after that. And every single version from one to the next was dramatically different. Um, so I think you just need to be mindful that, you know, like... I played a, a build of the game in early August that didn't have goalkeeper movement and time finishing, which I know to a sm small, maybe large number of you is going to be like, oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> but uh, you got to keep in mind that there's going to be like curveballs. There's going to be, you know, I, I'm not going to see FUD until, you know, kind of the, the, the end of the road as it were. And then even if I see it before launch, it's it's just not going to be the same as what comes out. So um, keep that in mind if you see anyone that's really, really negative or really, really positive. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. Let's dive into, oh, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, you've got some questions from your Patreons that's really a better place than for me just to talk and like kind of reemphasize some of the stuff before we get into those i want to add one thing because i haven't listened to the bonus podcast for your patreons which from the last episode of the podcast that we had on futhead that i have listened to is you guys were really really concerned about the chain skill move changes mm. 
I can say this. So there were guys there that were skillers. There were guys there that are either pro or uh, foot verified. So pro caliber, right? Or at least uh, skillful enough to be able to qualify. Yeah, skillful enough to be able to qualify for qualifiers, Mm. right? Whether or not they're making LAN events. I didn't know every single person there, especially some of the guys from abroad. But that said, I did not hear to a man anyone be like, this is breaking the game or this is terrible. That said, I think that stuff is still really, really, really in the infant stage. All they've done is introduce error after the third consecutive skill, I believe. So you could do two in a row without any issue. On the third, you'd see some error, and the error was not static from skill to skill. So what you were seeing, uh, you know, kind of with every skill move that you do as the third skill might be very little error for some skills that they deem as like more realistic or less problematic. And then you might see it as radical error on some that they think are too OP or something like that. So that said what that was, they were very clear to us because they're still, you know, even after, even though no one was saying, Hey, this is breaking skilling. This is breaking the game. There were still guys saying, I'm concerned about this hypothetically like if you guys go further with this that would be bad so those guys those guys were out there representing you know kazooie wasn't there but there were people that are like friends of his content creators that skill and were making that case like don't ruin this like there's there should be some f2 texisms out there it's just like we can all agree that some of the like chain stuff el tornado crossing which is completely nerfed i know that was a question so sorry to spoil (laughs) it there there's going to be like less Hope, you know, I'm sure there's always going to be something that they don't realize they've accidentally introduced because that's what happens every year. But a lot of the like not realistic kind of chains of skills versus the stuff that helps you create some authentic good goals, it didn't seem like the the latter was hurt, whereas the former okay. was. Well, that's that's that very positive. Sense. Yeah, I, I guess a few people might have come out of that podcast also thinking mm, it's a little bit concerning. So it's good to clear that up. I think it's healthy skepticism yeah. is always good. And especially, you know, we've had kind of two FIFAs in a row where gameplay has left a lot to be desired, um, depending on your preference, one versus the other might be better. But I think it's, it's good to have healthy skepticism, but it's also like these guys are mindful of what the community wants and they're taking a lot of feedback. I think more than I've ever seen it. They're doing more feedback sessions with pros, with hobbyists, with play tests, with just completely random guys off the street. Um, so they're getting, I think, a wide depth mm-hmm. of feedback for all the various stakeholders of the game. And I think it's it's okay to both be cautiously optimistic while at the same time realizing that like at the end of the day they just want a good game that everybody likes to play mm-hmm. so i'm i'm not without optimism or hope uh, i don't think anybody else should too like if you're just like oh i know this game's gonna suck well that just seems like you're kind of you've pre-made up your mind so it's gonna be whatever you think i feel it's like now be. from now until the game's released we're gonna have to clip this section and put it in each time just to replay it every yeah, single show. Up the, yeah. <laughs> the fact that it is pre yeah I, hey i mean could it suck <laughs> yeah it could could be a third straight fifa where gameplay is weighing the title down but could it be okay or even good or great sure it's possible there too so i i'm still optimistic i won't even say i'm pessimistic i'm i'm i have hope i'm not at a point where my hope is completely no, destroyed I mean, that's for, just for economists there these... it's going to be a totally different game way better gameplay than previous yeah man jamie <laughs> jamie is gonna he's gonna go in two months before three months before release and he's just gonna change um, the whole yeah, code maybe. base uh and just make it perfect so if it sucks blame him too also, I, just, but... I, I just want to clarify jamie is not working on gameplay because i keep having i feel like no no yeah we were being sarcastic anyway let's get into these questions because there's some interesting stuff this one from lewis you i think you've already answered have el tornado's and lacroquettes has been nerfed in 
FIFA 20. La Croqueta was more, I guess, doable than El Tornado Crosses, which crossing in general just seemed a lot less mm. accurate. So you're not going to like, I think it is still possible if you have like kind of a wide open guy with a, a strong foot or like a five star weak foot that you're going to be able to get some into the box. But there just seemed to be more error on those in general. I think La Croqueta worked better. But like I said, after two or three, it was you're not going to have hopefully guys just La croquette all up and down the field like he did on this FIFA. Another one from uh, Swiss Chicken. He asks, are there any quality of life improvements in the new FIFA installment? Obviously, you only play kickoff, so this will be stuff around gameplay. Yeah, uh, I you know I think it's tough to say since I, I haven't seen fight. Um, in the two or three times I've seen FIFA 20, different build states, different progress states, those modes were not made available to me just the same way I haven't played Volta. Um, I think in-game, uh, the two biggest changes you guys have probably already seen, which are free kicks, mm. and uh, which I liked. I liked the change. I thought it was really interesting. I heard a, a dude from Brazil. Um, I... I He's probably a streamer or a YouTuber. Um, he didn't. He just spoke almost no English. Mm. Um, but through a translation from Zaro, he said that it was the most rewarding free kicks he'd experienced in like 15 years or something like that. So that's that's high praise. But yeah, he I guess hit like a 40 yard screamer with like somebody. I don't remember if it was like Neymar or Mbappe. Like I'm not saying everyone's <laughs> going to be hitting like 35 yard bombs. Don't don't take that away. But like he read all the instructions and practiced it and practiced it and after like a dozen games or so he got lucky and hit one basically i don't think it's going to be like a super op thing or anything like that but i think that there should be a skill to those and uh the same way there is now but i think it's just it's a different mechanism and it everyone agreed that they felt good uh penalties in the build that we had were like a little we could see the mechanism but i don't think it was tuned very well so i think people thought it was too hard Mm. i kind of did some little experimenting even against the computer to kind of like i went to a penalty shootout on purpose and yeah, I felt like it was both hard to save and hard to make. But sometimes, I mean, that's penalties, mm. right? Like the best players, it was it should be easier. I will say, like I saw some people in response to kind of the launch trailer, and I it wouldn't, launch trailer isn't even the right word in response to the like announcement trailer, right? They're like, oh man, everyone's just gonna go top corner every <laughs> single time, unsavable. That is a million percent not the case. Like even your ninety nine Ronaldo, it's gonna be hard to top to you know upper ninety. It's it's really challenging and there's it's kind of you can so one of the interesting things is i think one of the better implementations of time finishing is there's actually time finishing on free kicks and on penalties Mm. now so if you are and there's also not you know in in champs there's not going to be like this little guide window like you saw in the video this is my understanding at least that's their plans for now obviously things are prone to change you're going to have to be a a penalty guru to like upper corner like upper right <laughs> upper left and timed finish like it's the skill level to do that like i don't even think many pros are going to be masters at that it was challenging and like i said like i think the implementation was not very smooth in the build we played just because it's so early mm-hmm. but i i liked it i liked both a lot i thought free kicks obviously since i was working a little bit better was a little bit further along in terms of the development process was nice so i guess if you want to call those quality of life there weren't any like crazy new sub things or anything in the build that we played there weren't any like wacky new menu things or substitution um like or i guess not depth chart um that'd be like an american football thing but there weren't any like tactical nuance that i saw that weren't present in the current game but i I think those two are going to be things that people talk about um come launch time cool next question from uh, hunter billy he says while playing fifa 20 did you notice any difference in the way defenders close down players who are in behind this year basically saying the pace differential doesn't seem that big which is uh, an accepted thing yeah, you talked about how on the podcast that I last listened to from two weeks ago that you actually liked yeah, that because it's, it's more realistic. realistic. I regret to inform you, I think that is 
I don't know that it's going away for sure, but in extreme situations where you have like a, a Gareth Bale, who I think was one of the faster players, or like a Salah, uh, there is more. It's not going to just be like, you know, L1 triangle, through ball, junk, or anything like that. But in there, there are big emphasis on one one on ones. And by that, I, I don't mean like Bale or Salah getting through on the keeper. I mean Bale or Salah versus the fullback or versus the center back. I think there are more opportunities that if you do things right, right you can break away in that situation thus creating a chance yeah. on the goal i don't think it was like crazy radical fifa 15 through ball bs or anything like that but i do think that some of that that was lacking this year is has been opened up a little bit so uh you've also, you've also got to bear in mind on kickoff i guess the pace is quite different on kickoff because of chem style boosts so. yeah we we yeah. we all yeah. i think even though it felt slow and i think you've seen you know everybody that was there Bateson, aj3 a bunch of folks say like damn it was slow um i thought kickoff felt slow last year this was even slower so it should mean that um Thought is slower as well. I liked it. Yeah, they claim they've um, kind of changed the ball mechanics in some way. To I guess that would make mm-hmm. the, they talked a lot in some private feedback sessions we had about that, um, about how the ball changes are like some of the bigger things this mm. year. Um, and that's I think they they also talked about how they want to give you time to react defensively as a way to reward manual defending more. Mm. So again, that gets into the, this big ethos of one on one, which again does not mean player through on the keeper one on one. I mean like. Uh, an attacking like a Neymar against a Sergio Ramos or a, you know, whatever, Marcelo against Salah or something like that. Uh, Sadio Mane against Salah, I guess, or against Marcelo rather. Sadio Mane against Salah would be some really interesting one-on-one action. But uh, I, I think that stuff is where the pace is going to be more deliberate. The ball physics changes because they want to they want to reward the player that is more skillful in those situations. So it's just not a matter of like, smashing r3 and like getting a cheap advantage like they want you to have to do a you know maybe do one or two skills and create some space and call for a run or whatever like to kind of create these goal scoring opportunities in a way that's more rewarding as an attacker and then when you stop them more rewarding as a defender like they recognize the need that defending is just too assisted and not rewarding enough and like nothing is more frustrating than when your defender switches away from the manual control because they know that your defender is going to do better than you can do like that shouldn't happen if they if you do that you should be punished for it right i think everyone can agree on that so they seem the the manual defending thing they have heard that feedback loud and clear Mm. and i uh the it, it seems like both in the build that we played and just in the abstract in terms of them talking about their philosophical approach for the game um that's something that they want to make it's kind of interesting because i felt like back in fifa 18 maybe was it yeah fifa 18 when we played the capture event build of that game or or actually i think even up to the first patch they had basically really nerfed um, ai defending in that build and basically loads of people complained when the game first came out and i think it was a lot of maybe lesser players casual players who were complaining as well suddenly there are score lines of like 8-8 and things like that I remember in that capture event it was mad the score lines were regularly above 10 goals a game yeah and I hope they I I, having remembered that feedback like I hope that you know I think they learned a lot from 18 and 19 in terms of like gameplay responsiveness and like patch responsiveness so like if people are getting high score lines to start I think that will change because 
I just want to comment on it and kind of ask a follow-up question to Luke about like how it feels slow. I, I feel for every FIFA, every time I've played a FIFA for the first time for the past like eight years, the next build has always felt like a little bit slow. And I think that that's just you learning and then so you take extra time and you take extra time, meaning then that the gameplay is just naturally going to feel slower. Is that something that is in FIFA 19 or is like the actual player movement? slower yeah no i I think it's a mix of both i think some of it is going to just be like there's always an adjustment period like you mentioned i think something that's also worth noting is you know from 18 i remember there's still like some pros and some influencers and stuff out there that are like the pre-patch 18 was the best gameplay uh that was a really like almost accidental donald trump impression (laughs) or something but uh i i i think that that uh i think that is faulty i think a lot of the if they'd not done any patches at all in 18, the sympath or the sentiment towards the game would probably largely be as equally yeah, negative. We as didn't even have a weekend patch with that game because play, you so just it was a... yeah you you learn as you play more and more and get hundreds of games under your belt and as you know you're building your ultimate team and you're playing with higher higher rated players with chemistry. Which as mentioned, like we literally you know to a man, I think every influencer, streamer, YouTuber whatever platform you came from journalists probably even were like hey this feels good we're concerned that when we get chemistry involved this will feel less good like we want to emphasize that we like the way this feels how can we make fut feel more like this so there was that feedback like i said it i heard multiple other big names that you know and uh, I'm not gonna, you know, go be like this guy said this because I think that's just not fair, right? Uh, if you want to put the uh, knives out at me, if you think the game's too slow at launch, I- I'm a big boy. I can take it, I guess. But I thought it felt good. It felt positive. Like I'm not saying this as like a an EA uh, attack is certainly the wrong word, but I'm not saying this as like an EA criticism or as anything. But like it felt in the ways that Pez is more deliberate and build up, it felt more like that. But yeah, of course, caveat, it's kickoff. It's June, 2019, like how it feels in September, you know, on foot, it's impossible to Mm. say faster. I think is a, is an easy bet. Right. But, um, we'll just have to see. And Luca, have you just very skillfully multitasked and tweeted about the ultimate tots guarantee being out? Cause it just, just came out as we were recording. Yeah, I have. Um, I'm noticing some guy is like, that's not the requirements for Iniesta, because I did a threaded tweet where I mentioned the flashback Iniesta and linked his card. Are you saying we made you mess up? I, is that what you're trying to say? I made it. No, I didn't mess up at all. It was 100% by design. Um, I'll, I'll reply to him, I guess, when we get a little hole in the podcast. Um, and also, we've got flashback Iniesta as well, as, as Luke just said, which is, you know, not a meta card, but you've always got to accept that there are people out there using non-meta teams. There are Big fans of Andre Iniesta. It's not a bad card, but um, it's not going to make it into many people's teams. Talking about the ultimate team of the season guarantee, the requirements are an 87 rated squad with one team of the season and 70 chemistry. I mean, it feels like these type of SBCs have been fairly pricey and that feels like a lot considering the kind of players you could get for that price, right? (laughs) You know, yeah, it's definitely they've made it to where we kind of expected something like this. You have a bunch of, you know, 94, I mean, mainly 94 plus team of the seasons out there. The issue isn't necessarily always with the minimum rating being 87. It's with the minimum Mm. chemistry being 70 because that means that you have to go to specific leagues and get specific players that link with each other. So you can't just throw in a variety of players and that kind of narrowing of the scope of who you can actually put into an SBC causes players to have to funnel their demand to a supply of players that isn't necessarily the highest and 
we touched on this a little. I think the willingness, just a general thing, I think the willingness to pay for an SBC this year is a lot higher than it's been in the past because of the disposable income of a lot of casual players. And so when you have, you know, millions of people out there buying, trying to buy SBC fodder, that really drives stuff up. And people are like, oh man, there's so much supply. I don't know. I don't necessarily know considering how many people I think are out there with like coins to spend. So that's my little insight there. Uh, it's, it's an interesting point. I, I think ultimately the time of year this is, it is going to be a time when people just chuck the remaining coins into an SBC or tradables and things like that. Personally, I actually might not do it just because I'm thinking about completing Prime R9 with the various high rated players I've got through objectives. Um, which has been one of the underrated positives of this um, team of the season. The fact that you could obtain players, sometimes they're a pain, sometimes they're not a pain, depends what cl- players you have in your club. Those players have basically meant that I have a lot of like, untradeable value in terms of ratings. This week, a classic example is Renato Augusto, the guy who plays in the uh, Chinese Super League. He's relatively easy to, uh, to get hold of and he will be a 92 rated player. And that value is actually quite high in terms of coins. It's basically like a maybe 60k reward for doing that if you're submitting that into a uh, into an SBC for an icon or something so i'm kind of thinking if i do this guaranteed team of the season pack then i'm basically forfeiting value that i could be putting into um say like r9 or something i actually used r9's 94 the last weekend it's getting to that time of the season where we don't do many reviews but i will just talk about him briefly i don't know he's a really interesting card last year i had his 96 did the SBC. he was good i liked him a lot but i always felt like he was not quite as good as I wanted him to be. The thing about the 94 is he's actually got more strength than the than the 96, and he's got a medium attacking low defensive work rate, whereas the 96 has medium medium. And I've got to say the difference between the two is incredibly minimal. And I think if you put something which boosts his agility, there's an argument that actually the 94 is slightly better than the 96, at least if you want a sort of hold up player. I was using basic on him so he gets on 94 strength or something. It's hard to say. I suppose the thing is if you want a tradable version then you go for the 94. And if you want an SPC version, you go for the 96. It's kind of as simple as that. But the one thing I would also say is having used Ibrahimovic a lot this year, uh, he has almost 700 goals for me in 600 odd games and 300 and something assists. I don't actually feel like the upgrade to Ronaldo from Ibrahimovic is that massive. One of those things where I'd almost be inclined to go out and purchase the team of the season version if you can get him into your squad than uh, the 3 million coin uh 94 rated ronaldo but yeah i know luke you have the 96 so he's an absolute god uh i would take him over tots ronaldo tots mbappe tots neymar for that first half he's the best offensive force because he's big um i know uh, i think some people have complained that he's not agile enough or doesn't turn enough like i'm not a huge skiller i do them like situationally when you need to some you know locker kettle like the worst of us uh but i i didn't have any problem with that i thought he felt real smooth it's a good mix of power and pace and he just rips long shots for days so i loved him it's just he was a 50 60 minute player and anytime i let him go into 70 or 80 it was a disaster mm. so yeah no, it's really good um, point actually, yeah. what sucked also like this is some big first world super team problems to have you have to be so super loaded to like have someone that can even fill like 75% of what he does. Um, Cause like, it didn't matter who I subbed on. Like I could sub on, like I'm one of those idiots that did that like 1.8 million coin Gareth UCL moments, Gareth Bale. And like, 
some of those guys are like a prime icon moments best who i also have like i love wasting money on on right wingers if you haven't figured that out you just you can't replace a, a prime r9 but i will say this uh if you are a super bajillionaire if you're a professional footballer listening to this podcast who likes to put 30 to fifty thousand pounds into the game every year go for that prime icon moments because i bet that plus seven and stamina makes all the difference <laughs> <laughs> you, you joke actually but it's probably true and actually talking of uh, stamina it is particularly warm it's pretty humid and my stamina bar is getting low so it's probably almost time to wrap up although luke it always seems to be much hotter where you are uh, yeah like last week let's see if i can do some quick mental math i think it was like 41 Oof. here or something outrageous celsius um. uh, last wednesday yeah, i think it was just under 42 right now you know we're we're having a, a cool relaxing 29 afternoon so yeah um i know you guys are, are jealous that you're not melting. yeah well um, yeah I'm, I'm melting so i'm gonna have to end the podcast <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you both and so luke thank you very much for joining us always a pleasure guys uh look forward to speaking again in the future yeah, and you can follow Luke at Luke Zim. That's right, isn't it? If you want uh, all the best US sports hot takes, uh, I got you covered. Yeah, and Wise, you're obviously streaming and you do your Patreon as well so people can get trading tips. I imagine there's still plenty of coins to be made despite this time of the year being less busy. Yeah, if you're on the market right now and you want to practice some trading tips to like get ahead in FIFA 20 or the next FIFA installment, now is the time. It's really like, it allows you to trade with a certain confidence or just to try out principles. You got really nothing to lose at this point in FIFA. So always a good time if you're out there and you're an aspiring trader or just want to hone that skill a little bit. Now is the time to do it. There's plenty of volatility and that means is plenty of opportunity to buy low, sell high, just that. Yeah, if you want to go ahead and follow me, Twitter is definitely a great place as well. So it's just wise with a Y. Wise FIFA and Wise with a Y. Thank you very much, Wise. And that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. If you're a patron, you'll hear from us next week when we discuss Connection and the week after if you're a regular podcast listener. And if you are a supporter of the podcast, do keep an eye out for those various cups and competitions coming at you through Patreon as part of the Summer Showdown. And all that's left for me to say is a huge thanks to all our supporters and to Ferd and to our Icon patrons. Alistair, Alan M, Anthony R, Chris G, Chris W, Colmo R, Sila P, Dan W, Darren W, Dom, Gabe N, Jason, Johan P, Mark A, Martin M, Matt H, Matthew L, Paul, Rob P, Roger D, Sam M, Savage P, and Tyler M. It's been great to have you. See you again next week. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.